everyone. Today's book is Quiet by Susan Cain. <laughs> I'm Kellen Erskine, and I loved this book because it made me feel okay with being myself. And I know that sounds super cliche, but I cried three times reading this. And I'm David Vance. The biggest thing I learned researching this book was that my girlfriend thinks of me as loud. In Quiet, Susan Cain talks about the value that comes from introverts. Like, introverts say great ideas quietly that you can take credit for loudly. And this is The Book Pile. The Book Pile is a podcast where we share the best ideas from our favorite books. Uh, some of the next episodes we'll be covering are World War Z, Born Standing Up by Steve Martin, and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, which I'm really excited about because it's essentially going to be the first book that Dave and I totally roast. <laughs> I think we both hated it because we're not sociopaths. <laughs> Just... uh, quick reminder to please rate and review the book pile. Your reviews really do help us a lot, and we are greatly appreciative to everyone who's already left a review. And I'm going to be at Helium Comedy Club in Portland, March 25th to the 27th. I was supposed to be there a couple weeks ago, but then it snowed in Portland for the first time in a thousand years. So all of my shows were canceled. All right, without further ado, here are our favorite lessons from Quiet. Number one, you don't have to get out of your shell. There's this great comic that I saw in Washington, D.C. one time where she, had, she was obviously introverted, but she had this amazing bit about how discouraging it was in college, be, like during college parties, to be told, get out of your shell, come on, loosen up. She was like, I wanted to be like, hey, bro, why don't you get back in your shell? <laughs> so <laughs> extroverts are energized by a social gathering and an introvert is exhausted by it. And it doesn't mean that an introvert is afraid of a social gathering. It just means that it, it takes our energy away. So like it, being introverted, it isn't synonymous with shyness or social anxiety. I mean, there is some overlap, but it just means that like that we don't go to parties, like we don't seek them out for that boost because it's not, <laughs> it's not a boost. Shyness infers more like a general fear of people, and introverts are just overstimulated by group settings. I think that Thanos was shy, though, and his his <laughs> solution was just to get rid of half of everyone. <laughs> He's like, that'll, that'll thin out the crowds. I do like on that topic of introverts not, not needing to get out of their shell, she talks about all the incredible contributions and like creative insights that have come from introverts. So there's this part where she says, Without introverts, the world would be devoid of the theory of gravity, the theory of relativity, Chopin's Nocturnes, Peter Pan, 1984, The Cat in the Hat, Schindler's List, Google, Harry Potter. And I love what that says about, you know, when you spend a lot of time in creative solitude, there are some really impressive things that can come out the other end. I think it's kind of insulting that she thinks without Newton, extroverts wouldn't figure out gravity for 300 <laughs> years. <laughs> Like an apple falls, and we're just like, can someone explain this? We're too loud. <laughs> and throughout the book, one of the reasons why I think this book is invaluable to both introverts and extroverts is that in the book, she doesn't 
she's not like lionizing introverts and demonizing extroverts. All she's saying is that like, let's balance it out because especially in American culture, we are told that being an extrovert is good. But if you're an introvert, something is wrong with you. Like, we don't want to hire you. We don't trust you. Why are you so quiet? Um, And that it's just more as like we're both understanding more more about each other and more about the other group. That was another thing my girlfriend pointed out to me was all the adjectives used to describe introverts are negative in connotation. It's like shy, quiet, reserved. Oh, yeah. In the book, she calls it the extrovert ideal. The idea of the specifically American cultural opinion that the best version of you is an extroverted, bold, smiley person. I'll bring it up in these radio interviews that that I'm an introvert, and they'll be like, really? They're acting like (laughs) I'm brave for revealing this about myself. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't see that. You're fine. (laughs) It's like you said you're ugly. Yeah. (laughs) You're not like classically extroverted, but like once people get to know you. (laughs) I hate the story in movies where the nerd and the jock are forced to partner up. And in the end, like over the span of one semester, like where the nerd teaches the jock how to study (laughs) and the jock teaches the nerd how to party, you know, there's always that line like, come on, man, there's more to life than just books. (laughs) First of all, no. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, like if you study the books, you'll be able to afford way more of a life later on. (laughs) But I hate this story because you can teach a jock to study. That's not like that. That side is true. You can teach someone who's extroverted that, hey, you could spend an extra hour every night, you know, if you just turn off your phone, set up little rewards for yourself for studying longer. Like that's a skill that can be learned. But for the jock teaching the nerd to just let loose, there's, you can't just, people who don't feed off of a crowd like introverts, People who don't feed off of a crowd can't just flip a switch and decide that from now on they'll be comfortable with strangers. But also the other the false idea about this, the extrovert ideal, is that putting yourself in more sociable situations is what will make you happy or that's what is right. And if you isolate yourself, it's wrong. It's not. So the the takeaway is don't feel bad. Like don't feel like you have to fix a part of yourself. It's it's the part of you that also draws you to self-reflection and deep thinking. So nothing is wrong with you. It's literally your physiology that compels you to withdraw from high stimulation environments. Kellen, I'm curious, do you feed off of a stand-up crowd? Absolutely. Or even then are you okay. But it, it's different in that situation because I, I don't feel like I am a part of that crowd. I feel like I have been hired to do a job in front of that crowd, and it's very different. I feel like I'm above them. <laughs> and I say that, <laughs> I'm mostly joking, but part of that is true, that it's not. I guess in a normal social situation, if I was walking amongst that crowd, uh, I would feel like I had to prove myself. Um <laughs> I do think introverts would enjoy parties more if you are four feet above everyone else, they're not allowed to talk to you, and you're paid to be there. <laughs> yes, that's my kind of a party. I'm going to send out invitations for a, a, sp- a spring party, and it'll just say, uh, be prepared to just listen. 
<laughs> Another way that movies were wrong. In one of my college courses, there was this girl that I had a crush on, and I was Ooh. so skip. <laughs> I was, I was so what scared. Happened? I was like twenty two. And afraid of afraid of girls, and but I did that thing that I'd seen in movies. Like I worked up the courage, and uh, it, it couldn't have gone worse because <laughs> I didn't get a no. I got what's worse than a no. And I was like, hey, I was just thinking, you know, could I take you to dinner sometime? She pulled the oh, that's so cute. I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend, but that's so <laughs> cute. Like cute. Like I would rather you say no thanks and walk away. Like I could take that. But she was acting like I was a six year old who like put on my dad's blazer and handed her a, a daisy from the front yard. Like oh, <laughs> like we are, we are both the same age. <laughs> okay, number two. The world is geared to favor extroverts. So she cites some studies. First, she cites one that suggests that the vast majority of teachers think the ideal student is an extrovert, even though introverts get better grades. Uh, She cites other research that shows that in groups, we tend to think people who talk more are smarter, even though there's, there's no correlation. And basically, American culture is just constantly telling us to be successful, you have to be an introvert. So, Kellen, I'm I'm not really an introvert, but I know you are. So I'm curious what you've seen in terms of how you felt like the world was geared for extroverts rather than introverts. To use your classroom example as an example in my life, in college, I got straight A's in all of my speech classes and all of my English classes. So those are like my strengths. Those are the things that I was interested in. The only English class I ever got a B in was one where 10% of the grade was based on what the instructor called class participation. I was so afraid to speak up in class, I just wasn't comfortable. I'm not comfortable in a classroom setting, speaking to the teacher with with all these other people around. I can't stand this this current trend toward not just like asking every single kid in the class, like just to make sure they're paying attention or contributing, but also having students study in groups together. Yeah. You're the teacher. Just prepare your stuff and tell me stuff that I don't know. Like I can, <laughs> I can learn by not saying anything to you. Sure. I don't talk. <laughs> I don't talk to the internet, and I've learned more from Wikipedia than any class I've ever taken. I'm not an introvert, but I, I like playing anthropologist. So I, I talked to my girlfriend before this episode, who is an extreme introvert. And with that class thing, when she's in a class. She hates raising her hand so much that if she knows the answer, she'll just mouth it. And sometimes the teacher will see her mouthing it and call on her. But right now she's a resident and she's in a mask, so she'll still mouth it, but no one can see it. (laughs) Which I think is the funniest, saddest thing. Yeah, I I totally get like I I should have worn a, a surgical mask when I was in college. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> the The thing that is wrong to me is making a student feel like they're not a good student. When really they're just not a good extrovert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You mentioned that the introverts get better grades. It, that, that was interesting to me. The in, introverts, the full facts there are that side by side, one group is not more intelligent than the other overall. Oh. It's just that introverts 
are largely more comfortable with isolation, so they are more prone to study longer than extroverts are. So it isn't even an intelligence thing. It's just being okay with being by yourself for longer longer amounts of time. Interesting. I was asking my girlfriend more questions about her experience. She was good at tennis growing up, but she didn't like having all eyes on her. So instead she did soccer. And even then she played fullback. So she wouldn't be in one of those like glamorous soccer positions. (laughs) Okay. Number three, there are statistical differences between extroverts and introverts. So this is a quick one. I'm just going to go through this list. Extroverts have more sex partners, which sounds like a term you would use if you have never had a sex partner. Extroverts (laughs) have more affairs and more divorces. So I I think the best quality of introverts is too shy to cheat. Extroverts exercise more. Introverts have fewer accidents and serious injuries, which is very on brand. Extroverts have bigger social networks, but they commit more crimes. Which, have you ever noticed how, like, every heist movie is just extroverts being bad influences on each other? (laughs) Introverts are more likely to learn from their mistakes. Extroverts are more likely to place big bets. Introverts are more likely to delay gratification. Yeah, in the heist movies, the only, if there's an introvert, they're just uh, the guy that has to wait in the van full of computers. (laughs) Seriously, every single time. I guess in Ocean's Eleven, they lock one of their introverts inside a safe. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, introverts can act like extroverts for something they love. That sounds like a Shakespeare plot. (laughs) (laughs) So she brings up free trait theory. There are fixed traits and free traits. Fixed means that we're born with certain traits, such as introversion or extroversion. But we can get out of character uh, for the sake of core personal projects or for someone we love. And it goes, goes both ways. So it explains why an introvert can plan a surprise party for his wife or an extroverted scientist can be reserved while she's working in a lab. So yeah, you don't have to be one or the other to be a comedian on a stage. Comedy and comedians have been a part of my life for almost half of my life now. And I can confidently say that the percentage of comics who are introverts versus extroverts, it's an even 50-50. And this unfortunately blows a lot of people's minds like yours just now. (laughs) Like someone who just said, wow, really? (laughs) Despite working in comedy? You still are having this, this idea that an extrovert means being okay with performing on stage and an introvert would be like, hiding under a table listening to the comedian on stage you can learn learn the skill of of acting confident making eye contact bantering with a crowd like maintaining control of the situation but you just all you have to do is follow that comedian around after a show and that'll show you who they are like i can do all of that stuff but it is also exhausting my comfort level of me on stage versus me five minutes later greeting the crowd and taking pictures are two very different things like i'm so grateful for covid because i i'm hoping (laughs) that That you won't have to actually talk to people after shows ever again or that at least hugs will remain illegal for a few years (laughs) 
I'm afraid that sometimes it is obvious. Like it says, introverts can play the part of extroverts. She she gives a, a couple of examples of guys who are great at public speaking. There's a teacher who gives these very funny lectures, and uh, his students say he's the, the the funniest instructor they've ever had, and just this ball of energy. But then you find out that he's sort of a recluse when he goes home. That's what he prefers. But he is still uh. able to prepare these things and perform them. It just takes a lot out of him. And so that's for me, like I'm afraid that after shows, part of the performance for me is still in that mode of greeting people, taking pictures, shaking hands. Um, uh-huh. But I do, it does get wearisome. And after one show in Iowa, this woman walks up to me and goes, is this hard for you? <laughs> <laughs> I like that cracks in the facade were showing not in the dense, bustling metropolises of L.A. or New York, <laughs> but in rural <laughs> Iowa. So this this idea that there it's half and half introverts and extroverts, it doesn't surprise me, but I hope it surprises people in a good way out there who do have this certain mi- mindset. So some of the comics that I've personally worked with and seen them like on and off stage on the extroverted list, and this isn't, I mean, this absolutely is name dropping, but I feel like it's within a context that it sounds like I'm just sharing information. So on the list of comics, again, that I've performed with, I'm going to, I'm going to list the dollar in my bank account that are introverted or extroverted. <laughs> so the first 90K. <laughs> so on the on the extroverted list of comics, TV, and film stars that I've met with, the extroverted list are TJ Miller, Robin Williams, and Howie Mandel. And so when you when you see those guys on stage, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. He's he's extroverted, whatever. But on the introverted list, introverted is, or extroverted and doesn't like Kellen. <laughs> so on the introverted list is uh, Norm Macdonald, Daniel Tosh, and then the ones that maybe see may Daniel seem, Tosh is introverted. Wow. Yeah, and he can. I mean, he's his jokes are so well. His show is whatever his like weekly TV show, but his his stand up is so well written that it speaks to me of a person who does just sit down and write. Gilbert Gottfried, I've mentioned him before. One of the most soft spoken people I've ever met. Um, it is fun thinking of like really reserved Iago in Aladdin. <laughs> to to complete the list, the introverted list: Frank Caliendo and Brian Regan. Those are guys that that are like especially, you know, energetic on stage. But Brian Regan will even talk. Like he even mentioned during his uh, I Walked on the Moon, one of his bits, he says, people don't know this, but I'm I'm pretty quiet off stage. It's one of the few moments where you sort of get a real peek into his life. Sure. My roommate, Matt, who was an actor on Studio C, is very much the same way, where all of his on-screen characters are pretty big and larger than life. But in real life, he's much more reserved. And so fans will meet him and think that he doesn't like them when really he's just quieter in real life. Number five, stop telling quiet people that they're quiet. (laughs) If you've ever done this, (laughs) go to your local Catholic church and confess. I'm not even Catholic. But you should feel ashamed because all you are doing, you're you're making it so much worse. So we already talked about like the extrovert ideal, which is in her words, what's her name? Susan Collins. Susan Kane. <laughs> I think that's the author of the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. <laughs> yeah, Suzanne Collins. 
by the way, probably split 50-50 on the champions because she does <laughs> she does bring up how introverts, like the reason why they've survived evolution might be because uh, sometimes it's okay to stay in your hiding place and see if danger is happening before running <laughs> into the open. Yeah, it does seem like if you're in the Hunger Games, extrovert advantage is you form more alliances. Introvert advantage is harder to find. <laughs> They're just off reading a book somewhere. They're reading the Hunger Games book for tips. They don't come out till the herd has been severely thinned. <laughs> now that's my kind of party. So she... <laughs> She says, the extrovert ideal is the omnipresent belief that the ideal self is gregarious, alpha, and comfortable in the spotlight. If you want to make an introvert quieter and feel even worse about themselves, say <laughs> stuff like that. This is stuff that I've been told okay. my whole life. So that works? <laughs> say stuff like, you're quiet today. Or to someone who you barely know, say, you don't talk very much, do you? And <laughs> it's even it's even worse when they do it sarcastically. Like, I don't know how many times uh, I've had someone say to me, like, man, you were so loud today, I could hardly get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I just wrote all of these down on a notepad titled, <laughs> Sick Burns. <laughs> it's just, it's so frustrating as an intro because you know that you're generally not a shy person. You can talk deep into the night uh, uh, about deep things with a close friend. Introverts are just as talkative, just not with strangers or with light acquaintances. But boy, does it put me on mute when someone says that I'm quiet because now, now I'm even more self-conscious. Like I'm trying to think of something to say to force myself into a conversation. I feel like I'm not as adequate of a person as the lesson inhibited people around me. Interesting. I'm going to grab a tissue. <laughs> what I think is interesting too is that maybe because I've never really hung out with you in large group settings, you've never struck me as not talkative. That's the thing is that it's it's very hard. It's the idea that some people who know me, close friends who know me, will never see me in that party situation because if they're with me at the party, then by definition, I have friends at a party. And so they can't uh -huh. see how awkward I'm going to be unless I was like, hey guys, watch this. And then just sort of <laughs> walked into a group of strangers. <laughs> so you've never seen that party. Of me, but then people... I love that I love that your party trick is having a social meltdown. <laughs> your your party trick is being bad at parties. Like my my first agent jokingly told me that I wasn't going to be the type of person that he would send to Hollywood parties to to schmooze, and it really hurt me. Like wow. he was he was saying it was like a joke, but I was like, but I want to be that person. Like I feel like I'm supposed to be that person, especially in this industry. I've had it happen uh. twice on two separate Uber rides where I, like halfway through the trip, the driver asks what I did for a living. I said I'm a comedian. And both times they were completely surprised. Like you, <laughs> it's just insane. Because like I've known you for seven minutes. I, I like I'm sorry I haven't been joking this whole time. I don't like in any conversation, like at a doctor's office. I don't like telling people I work in comedy mm. because anytime your job 
is something whose qualities people think they can observe just by interacting with you. Like if you tell someone you're a model, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're just opening yourself up to judgment of strangers, which I guess is what we do in this job anyway. Mm-hmm. We just don't always want to hear what those strangers' judgments are. So Ryan Hamilton has a great bit where he, and I've actually used this advice now, uh, he said, if you ask someone what they do for a living and they say substitute teacher, they're probably a comedian. <laughs> Because that's just like a question. That's just like an answer where you're not going to ask any more questions. <laughs> this is this is very much uh, Western culture and specifically American culture is this having this extrovert ideal uh, because quiet kids aren't bullied in Japan. She has the juxtaposition of proverbs from the East and from the West. So, so she shares this Japanese proverb, which is the wind howls, but the mountain remains still. Then there's a Chinese proverb, those who know do not speak, those who speak do not know. <laughs> I want to use that in a debate. <laughs> <laughs> then she she compares these to these proverbs, from, or these quotes from the West. So German author Thomas Mann said, it is silence which isolates. And then the American adage, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, which just sounds... <laughs> It's so like aggressive and clumsy after hearing uh, these great uh, Asian proverbs, but it, it definitely shows what what is valued in, in each culture. Mm. And it was like, sort of heartbreaking in the book. She uh, she gives these examples of courses that Asian businessmen and women take here in the United States, courses that help you learn how to be more energetic and more interactive. Yeah, she makes the case that we are very performative and that oftentimes we mistake being a good talker for having good ideas, even when that's not the case at all. So... Philip Tetlock did this famous study on expertise where he looked at how accurate experts' predictions are. And if I'm remembering correctly, one of the things he found was the more an expert appears on TV, the less accurate their predictions tend to be. (laughs) So the people who get brought on TV are the ones who can tell a really good story and they're great talkers and they can speak with such confidence. And so often as a result, their predictions lack nuance or subtlety. They tend to not be multidisciplinary. They tend to just be focused around one big idea. And so if you take that and apply it across an entire culture, if the people with the worst ideas are also often able to dress those ideas up in very convincing, compelling speech, then we may be facing problems in terms of our ability to assess competence. All right, random facts. She has a great quote from Theodore Geisel, or Dr. Seuss, who was an introvert, and he said, in mass, children terrify me. (laughs) (laughs) I think with a big enough mass, they terrify anyone. (laughs) Picture with me, you're in the lunar rover, slowly setting down on the moon, but as you get closer, you realize it's not rock. It's a mass of children. (laughs) All saying, could you, would you in a boat? (laughs) Could you, would you with a goat? 
Well, his his dilemma was similar to me telling the Uber driver that I, uh, I'm a comedian and that he was afraid that everyone, every child would have this idea of him that he was a sort of like zany Willy Wonka guy all the time when he really was just <laughs> sort of a, a quiet, reflective guy who would write, you know, these amazing stories in seclusion. I like that Willy Wonka is who he aspired to. No. <laughs> They're expecting me to do permanent health damage. I would have loved to have responded to him like, well, I mean, you terrified me with your drawing of Clark in the dark. So let's call it a draw. (laughs) Or the foo-foo in the snoo. Did you ever see that thing? No. It looks like a a demon god. Look up foo-foo the snoo. He looks looks like a Susian minotaur. He is, but he's wearing like, he has like a sweater, but it's also kind of a mask that his horns are coming out of. Uh. I mean, you have to read it as a (laughs) five-year-old. What if now you screamed in terror? Because that's how good you are at... At empathy. (laughs) (laughs) Another one here is one of my favorite quotes from the book. She said, We often marvel at how introverted, geeky kids blossom into secure and happy adults. Thank you. However, maybe it's not the children who change, but their environments. As adults, they get to select the careers, spouses, and social circles that suit them. They don't have to live in whatever culture they're plunked into. This is one of my arguments. We homeschool our kids, but the number one argument that comes up with people when we bring up that we homeschool our children is that, oh, but they're not going to learn social skills. And there is social development that happens with other children, but it doesn't need to be nine hours a day strictly with (laughs) other children. And also, there is no— I never thought about that. Now, the difference is (laughs) between— Like, if you didn't didn't push your kid in a pool for nine hours a day, no one would be like, how will they learn to swim? (laughs) Yes. And— And in now understanding, having a deeper understanding of extroverts versus introverts, you can't just take an introverted kid. People have this idea. You take an introverted kid and you make him hang out with other kids all day that they will become (laughs) extroverted. It just doesn't work like that. It's the introvert equivalent of pray the gay away. (laughs) Yes. And parents can also be the ones who teach their kids social skills. It doesn't just have to be taught from peer to peer, which no other subjects are taught that way, right? Sure. <laughs> They're not like, how, how is your seven-year-old going to learn history if he's not hanging out with other seven-year-olds? <laughs> I like that we're like, your kid's social skills are undeveloped. How will he learn unless he's around other kids whose skills are undeveloped? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't he be learning bullying from them? <laughs> Deep insecurity. (laughs) Like we put our kids in sports and stuff, but learning how to be social uh, aspect of school, I think, can be overvalued. Mm. Ready for another fun fact? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Introverts do better at driving at night. This goes back to this principle that the extroverts require more stimulation all the time. So driving at night when very little is happening. How embarrassing. <laughs> we're getting in wrecks because we're too bored. <laughs> That's exactly it. So And I've done this, like, this has come in handy for me as a comic because I've done plenty of what they call one-nighters. Where I remember specifically where you'll just, you'll drive for hours to a gig and then come back that night. 
or just or stay the night there. I did one gig where I, uh, living in San Jose at the time, Santa Clara, and I, the the gig was in Carson City, Nevada, which is about a five and a half hour drive. So I drove there. The show was at nine o'clock at night at a bar called Doppelgangers. And then they said that a room was included for the night uh, at a local hotel. Well, it was a motel, and not to be, not to look down on things, but this was a motel in Carson City that's probably still there that had a permanently painted sign that said $25 a night. <laughs> and when I went there, they gave me a key, not a key card, a key that could be copied at Home Depot in five minutes. <laughs> I opened the door and the carpet in a third of the room had been pulled up and folded back onto itself. What? And so I didn't want to be a part of a horror movie. Like it looked like it was set up for me to like slowly unpeel to reveal like a bloody silhouette. So I walked back down. I gave the key back. I said, this one's on me. I still don't know what that means. I think I was trying to imply that, like, hey, now you could stay there tonight for free. Like, I'm, <laughs> I got back in my car and I drove five and a half hours back. I got home at like wow. four in the morning because I wasn't in the mood to get uh, murdered. That would have been too much stimulus. Right. And so that's the point of all that is that I drove back and it was totally fine. Partially because I oh, was. Oh, no, I mean, getting murdered would have been too much stimulation. <laughs> Stop it. Don't you understand my personality type? <laughs> I'm much better being murdered in one-on-one -on -one settings with someone I know. <laughs> okay, to recap our favorite lessons from Quiet. Number one, you don't have to get out of your shell. Number two, the world is geared to favor extroverts. Number three, there are statistical differences between extroverts and introverts. Number four, introverts can act like extroverts for something they love. Number five, stop telling quiet people they're quiet. And six, seriously, stop. Hey there, click subscribe. If you want to drop us a note, our email is thebookpilepodcast at gmail.com. Go books!